Big dog ball talk. Don't you clap for me? <laughs> I, I, I was gonna clap. I thought about it for a second. I thought about it for a second, but I don't think that's really pleasurable for anybody's audio. That's what I thought. Uh, too, big dog ball talk. Yeah, yeah. Joe, what are you drinking? I thought you were drinking a brew for a second. I thought you were having an uh, early morning. I had maybe some hair of the dog. Yeah, that would have been impressive. No, 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 no. I mean, one of these days uh, that, that will be happening. No, this is just uh, straight up water. Mm. Straight up water. I gotta hydrate myself. Because uh, there have been a lot of long days here with the sheep. Uh, yeah, yeah, well. I think that eventually you're just gonna have to get the flask out. That'll be instead of a water bottle, have a you just have the uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I think that's that's a stereotype that's uh, that should be you know you should perpetuate that. I think I, it's yes. Good. I agree. I agree. No, I need it. These these sheep are crazy, man. You try and keep them in one area, they're, they're, it's, it's not gonna happen. Uh, that's that's my whole job, keeping them in one field. But it's uh, it's gonna be a I'm fighting a losing battle so far. So we'll see, mm-hmm, <laughs> see how mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, are these guys using power tools to break down these fences? Yeah, yeah, they got uh, drills. They pure, got... a- pure, a- pure athletes. What are we talking? <laughs> Some of them are, are they, athletes. Are they outsmarting you? Well, there's the little lambs, Matt, too, that can fit through any hole. But mm-hmm. they're mostly outsmarting me and frustrating me. Uh, just as soon as I turn my head, <laughs> they go the one place that that they could get through a fence. Uh, but I'll, I'll get better at it. The, these 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 freaking sheep aren't gonna get past me eventually I'll, I'll figure out what i'm doing but uh but it's been beautiful here other than the coldness inside the house we're right near the water yeah um it's warming up every day it was like 18 degrees here matt yesterday it was uh it was it's it's getting there summer is coming man. yeah yeah we we had we had decent weather here just in uh the the toronto central core um but uh, you know sunday was a little bit gloomy and i'm looking out right now and it's really depressing um so you know uh i hope that summer is actually on the way because it's it's, uh, it's may for god's sakes it's, it it's may already um and uh you know we're, we're we're going down with the ship like a may day here uh if uh the the weather doesn't turn around at some point everyone's getting their uh, their sad on but it's the nba playoffs second round uh we yes. did a bit of a quick preview on friday's podcast and, uh, you know, we're going to kick it off with the first game on uh, the, the slate from Sunday to, to start off the second round. The Bucks and Celtics didn't wow. go exactly as anybody really expected. No. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks proving, uh, you know, they're still legitimate title contenders. And really, I think it's it's kind of crazy. Um, and I think, again, I, I, this is kind of a problem I have. And, I, I mean, this isn't the main takeaway from this. Uh, but, I mean, Giannis was an, an unstoppable. No one on the Celtics could even check him for a second, uh, which is crazy to think that, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were getting absolutely put in place, getting the clamps put on them uh, by the Celtics, and Giannis could just do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. He was chucking Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown around like rag yeah. balls. Uh, they, they really beat up on the Celtics. Like, I mean, Robert Williams, uh, you know, he took in a, he got hurt a little bit during the game. Uh, Marcus Smart, it looked like his shoulder had popped out at one point. Um, you know, it, it was crazy, but... Yeah, nobody could check Giannis. It was, uh, you know, it seems like the narrative of him being the best player in the world is really starting to get, uh, you know, pick up some steam. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, and, and there's definitely the case to be made. I mean, a, a playoff triple-double like this against uh, arguably, uh, like, the hottest team in the playoffs right now, uh, it's uh, it's definitely, you know, it's good It's good for that, uh, that, that narrative, that arc, because uh, I, I, I definitely didn't expect the game to go uh, as one-sided as it was. Yeah, yeah, I, it was... I, I was obviously biggest takeaway is just how impressive Giannis was like with the triple double yeah. Drew holiday played well too, which, you know, when you have those two guys playing well and, you know, especially since they're missing Middleton, um, uh, but you know, w- with him in the regular season, when Giannis and, and holiday play well, just cause they're so 
good on both sides of the ball. Like the the Bucks tend to to dominate those games. And uh, like Boston shot the ball pretty poorly. Like they shot thirty six percent from three, yeah. but. Uh, Milwaukee didn't shoot it that well from three either. They they shot thirty five percent. Like Boston took took a lot more threes um, and, and missed a bunch. But like I, I didn't see anything in this game that uh, I think is just kind of fluky. Like I think Milwaukee just just beat him uh, straight up. And I, I think all those little advantages that Giannis creates, he's so good at getting it to the right guy now. And like it's not like yeah. the the Celtics. It was easy to be like, oh, this is an amazing defense against. Yeah, it's KD and Kyrie, but then it's Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton and and uh, like yeah. a bunch of kind of guys that wouldn't crack a lot of other playoff rotations, but Milwaukee doesn't really put liabilities out there on the floor. Like everyone can shoot. Like all the guys they bring off the bench, Allen, Carter, and Connaughton. Like the, those those three the the, the three kind of main wings that they, they bring off the bench unit. They can all hit shots. Drew Holiday uh, obviously can can shoot it. Even Bobby Portis can stretch it out a little bit. And and Brooke Lopez as well. Like everyone they put out on the floor can space it for Giannis, and he's gotten so much better as a passer this year. Um, and you know the p- past couple years, every single year he, he he makes like leaps and bounds as as a playmaker. Um, and it's just like like we the one thing we said I, I thought Mil- uh, Boston could deal with everyone else on Milwaukee except for Giannis, but the their inability to deal with Giannis just like permeated down through everything like they they didn't have their they didn't have like one-on-one advantages against anybody else because it was always kind of late rotations flying at shooters um you know because because Giannis creates that many advantages and it's it's very it's a very simple game plan that Milwaukee has to run like they didn't do anything Mm -hmm. crazy X's and O's wise I didn't think it's it was just Giannis overpowering all these other guys and like Jason Tatum did an, like you said, amazing job on Kevin Durant. Blocked his freaking jump shot a couple times in that first series, which you never see uh, with Kevin Durant, you know, 6'11 six, six guy who shoots way above his head. Um, but in this game, Giannis looked so much bigger than Jason Tatum to me. And oh, athletically, yeah. like, the the Bucks, for, for as good as Boston's defense is, they have bigger guys at a lot of these positions. Like, Drew Holiday is bigger than Marcus Smart and uh, Derek White and, and the point guards mm-hmm. they th- throw out, like significantly bigger. Giannis is, uh, you know, a, a bigger, more physically imposing power forward. And even Brooke Lopez, who, who didn't have that good of a game, uh, like particularly, uh, or especially, I should say, scoring the ball, he only had six points, but he had 10 boards. And just watching him move around out there is so much bigger, and three blocks as well. He's so much bigger than anybody on the front line for the Celtics. Like, he's way, way bigger than Horford. So, like... Yep. I don't know. Milwaukee kind of sneakily has this size advantage, even though you know their their defense by the numbers hasn't been as good as it's been over the past few sort of seasons. But I think when they turn it on, it's still really really good. Yeah, it's the long wings. Yeah, they're huge. Man. That's the modern NBA man. Like uh, I mean, the, yeah, they, some of these guys are close to seven footers, but then they've got like seven foot six yeah, wingspans, yeah. right? It's insane. Uh, and I think that's the the, the biggest thing when they're kind of getting in those passing lanes. Like I really think that Boston. I, I don't think that this is going to be indicative of how the series mm, goes. Mm. I think Boston really just kind of came out, not flat, but I don't think that they were expecting yeah. uh, Milwaukee to be as good as they were. Because, again, you play the Brooklyn Nets, you sweep them, and people, again, were pretty much pumping their tires like the Nets were real legitimate title yep. contenders. So they were probably feeling pretty, yep. pretty good. Um, so I, I, th- I think going into that game, they probably weren't expecting a ton. Um, and, you know, they, they didn't really adjust to the fact that they were playing a team that was just as good as them, if not possibly yep. better. Um, and, and I think that the defense, uh, the defensive ability and intensity that Milwaukee brings was probably the biggest, uh, you know, shifting factor in that. Because uh, 
Trust me, the fucking Brooklyn Nets don't play defense like the Milwaukee Bucks play nope. defense. No, they do not. Um, I think that was that was probably a very uh, you know a uh, 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 coming of age moment yeah. there yeah, yeah, when yeah. Uh, you know Jalen Brown is trying to you know do little crossovers and spin moves and uh, you know nobody is uh, you know biting on anything uh, even if you get through to the paint uh, you've got to have to, uh, like bonafide seven footers yep. down there or Bobby Portis who's just gonna foul the shit yep. right out of you. Um, so I mean it's a it's it's a totally different ball game that they're playing now against the Bucks and uh, we're just gonna have to see how they rally. We've seen them play against physically uh, you know imposing teams and do well uh, the Celtics. So uh, you know we, we we just gotta you know get them time. Uh, may I'm sure will uh, you know come up with something here to kind of game plan uh, and find a way to neutralize Giannis maybe a little bit more. Um, but when I'm like was watching the game. I kind of wanted to put out a missing person report on yeah, Jalen Brown know, at times. I, 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 I was kind of stunned. Like he, I, I believe he had 13 points or 12 points yeah, in this 12, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't really shoot the ball well. He didn't do anything specifically well on defense, I didn't find. Uh, I, I didn't see him playmaking for his team. Like the, He just kind of was there. And he's supposed to be like the bonafide number two yeah. on this team. Uh, and, and, I mean, he's a great player, all due respect. But, I mean, the, when, when it's a playoff series like this, Every game is pretty much a must-win because you know the, neither of these teams are going to be giving up an inch uh, as we go down the stretch here, um, and he can't be putting up games like that. No, uh, like like Drew Drew Holiday was the second best player uh, in this game, and uh, that that's saying something. You know, Jason Tatum still had that. It was twenty-one six and six, um, but again, he, he him with the honest kind of was neutralized. So this was the opening for Jalen Brown, like not. A lot of guys on the uh, the Bucks are going to be able to really check him, besides maybe Giannis. Yeah. Um, so I, I I'm I'm very very concerned about uh, you know, his ability and his yeah. play. I think that if he doesn't really find a way to hit this next gear, maybe he should bring back the. I I, I finally I get a chance. He's got to bring back the box top fade, yeah, bro. He should. That was, that was the best. I don't know why he got was rid awesome. of that. That was an awesome throwback. So. I don't know. So yeah, maybe Jalen, uh, if you're listening, uh, you'll you'll bring that back, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll yes. be good. Um, but yeah, I do, I do, I think we need to see Jalen Brown step up, or else this series could be uh, over a lot quicker than uh, people expected. Well, that's be. what that's what the big worry was. Like, and even just in general, the Celtics' offense and Jalen Brown as your number two. Like the, I, I think the thing we both saw coming and everyone saw coming or, or sort of predicted mainly about Boston in the playoffs was that their defense was going to be fine. Like your, your defense is going to travel on yep. the road. You're, you're, you're still going to, you know, play with the the heart and the intensity that we saw these guys play with all through the back half of the season. But it was the offense that were like, you know, where is it coming from other than Jason Tatum? And especially when Jason Tatum struggles and, and shoots the ball poorly like he did in this game, where uh, who, who are the guys uh, that are going to step up? Like, who are they going to be? Um, and obviously it needs to be Jalen Brown. He's the clearly the second most talented offensive player on the team, like borderline all-star, like a guy who even – I think back to the very first game of the the season, the the Bing Bong game. I think he had like 38 or something. Yeah. Like he went he went crazy, and we we see him have the ability to have games like that. But to to go out in a game one and 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 shoot four for 13, only put up 12 points. Like it's he's too he's still too inconsistent uh, for me to be really confident that you know he can be that second guy. And if you listen to Boston fans, like people who watch the team all the time, that's exactly what they're worried about too. Uh, like how mm-hmm. much. Uh, like how dependable can he be? Um, and uh, again, particularly when when Jason Tatum struggles. And uh, to the point you made, like the Milwaukee Bucks are not the Brooklyn Nets. It's easy to look like the fucking 
best players in the NBA offensively when you're playing against some of the worst defenders, uh, especially on a playoff yeah. team. Um, you know, with with all respect to the the good defenders on that team, like Bruce Brown and even Kevin Durant, like. Uh, Bruce Brown's still pretty undersized. Like, even if you are Jalen Brown, it's easy to yeah. shoot over him if that's who you got matched up on him. But then you're going up against Drogic and Curry and, and Kyrie and, uh, like, a bunch of bigs that, that are kind of out of rotation a lot. Like, I, I think 100% it was a big wake-up call for, for Boston, offensively specifically, being like, okay, yeah. these guys yeah. are long. They know exactly where where to be. It's a really good, uh, you know, a playoff defense that, that rotates and helps, and, and there's, there's bodies everywhere, like... That that's gonna be the the big thing uh, going forward for Boston. You know, can they put up enough points uh, against this really really strong kind of championship level defense? Um, and yeah, I, I, like I'm I I think you can get away with you know guys like Horford and Smart only scoring. You know that Horford had 12, Smart had 10. You know that's that's fine. You you want a little bit. I, I think Udoka and you know the Celtics in general would just want a little bit more production off from someone who's coming off the bench. Like if Derek White could. Be closer to you know 15 points than to te- than 10 that he had. Grant Williams had an okay game too. Um, you know their bench is always going to be a little shaky. And, you know those those guys uh, and and Derek White in particular. Same thing with the rest of the team. He's going to play his defense, but he's got to be able to hit his open shots as well. Um, so they're, they're just going to have to squeeze offense out of uh, some more guys here. Um, and and yeah, it's it's got to be Jalen Brown first and foremost. Like to have. You know, uh, between uh, Giannis and Drew Holiday, they they both scored more uh, than than uh, the the totals of Tatum and Brown respectively. And if that happens again, I I don't see how the Celtics can possibly win a game. Like like both of those guys have got to step it up because they're the pretty much only good offensive players that can get their own shot. So they, that's as simple as that. It's playoff basketball, and those guys have got to be superstars uh, if the Celtics are going to win this this series. Well, we'll uh, we'll get back to you guys uh, after game two, and uh, you know, hopefully for uh, for you Beantown fans, uh, we'll have a little bit better uh, news to be talking about. But uh, yeah, definitely a, a great display here yeah, by the Rangers. Yeah, they they reminded the everyone box. who they were in the, in this game. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And move on to the uh, I was gonna say the evening game, uh, but uh, you know we kind of had a nice yeah we had a nice Sunday matinee. Uh, you know I don't mind that after a, kind of a big weekend, just kind of plop down yep. on a lazy day. Um, so, uh, you know, not, not, not a bad way to spend it. Uh, but the Warriors and the Grizzlies, uh, the Grizzlies hitting the gritty all the way <laughs> into the, uh, the playoffs there. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, you know, the Timberwolves game, that was just to touch on it for a quick moment here. Yeah, we, we obviously were yeah. able to, to do so. Um, man, just, I can't, I can't believe how do you, how do you blow that many leads? That's all I have to say. Uh, I, I don't, I don't even, the, the, I've never seen a team collapse that many times. Uh, in one series, it's it's insane. So it's the Timberwolves uh, curse. Be, yeah, and Cat yeah. gives it's, kisses. It's Cat, Cat gives uh, you know kisses yeah. up to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. You know he's he, he's not that devastated. I guess he he did his job. He got to the playoffs. So. Man, yep, oh yep. Well, uh, again, they, who knows? Maybe the if they can keep taking those next steps, uh, we'll see if Cat and the Ant can, uh, you know, keep keep their uh, their playoff aspirations alive yep. next year. I'm sure, Patrick Beverly's going to be wanting to look for a match <laughs> yeah, extension or will. something. Um, but uh, yeah, the Warriors and the Grizzlies um, went down to the wire. One point win for the Golden State Warriors uh, in Memphis. Uh, you know, John Morant has a chance to win it there, and he just smokes yep. the layup. Uh, I thought it was going to go down because I mean he had the he, he had the there, angle yeah. there, 
Um, and that's kind of his the, his mo, you know, that little scoop layup where he just kind of lets it go off yep. the glass, uh, which is you know a lot of guys, especially young guys, like to you know, use utilize that move. Um, but you know he misses that one, it's over, uh, and, and the Grizzlies had the lead going in, in, into this fourth quarter, I believe. Uh, I know they had the lead uh, late in the fourth quarter, but um, kind of as we spoke about uh, when we previewed this, the Warriors are just a championship yep. team. They've got a lot of veterans, whereas the Grizzlies yep. don't. Um, and, uh, you know, that was kind of what came into play at the very end of the game. The Warriors were not afraid of the moment. Uh, not to say that the Grizzlies were afraid uh, of anything or uh, that they were uh, they choked up yeah. or anything. Um, but there was definitely some plays here and there where you could tell that uh, kind of the Warriors knew what they were doing, whereas the Grizzlies were really playing emotionally and really playing with their hearts and not yeah. their heads. Um, and, uh, you know, in a game where, you know, Jaw drops 30, Jaron Jackson drops yeah. 30, uh, and Draymond is ejected yep. for a semi-soft flake yeah, or two. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we'll get your opinion on that one. Um, but uh, this was kind of one of those games that you needed to win, especially oh, at yeah. home. Uh, but, I mean, Clay Thompson hits the big three uh, to put the, the Warriors up. Uh, and then he also misses both free throws to almost lose them yep. the game, which you, know, you don't see that often. A guy give the team a lead but then also blow yep. them the game. Uh, but overall, Jordan... Uh, I mean, Warriors taking the dub here. Uh, what what are your first impressions from the this matchup going into Game Two? Yeah, I mean, for for how badly Jaron Jackson played in the first round, this is uh, you know an insane uh, way to kick yeah. it off. Like, I think you got to be happy if you're the Grizzlies that that he he showed that he can play like this. But what a gut punch to lose you know Game One at home by by one uh, in the fashion that you do. Like, we. We kind of saw it. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but you know the the Brooklyn Nets lost by one in a close game uh, in in the first round, yeah. and then they just couldn't get any sort of energy or life back to to win any of the next three and end up getting swept. And I think that's that's kind of a possibility here because, like you said, great games from Morant and Jackson, and without Draymond for the whole second half, like that. This is one I I think that the Grizzlies are really going to kick themselves uh, for for not coming away with. Um, and 100%. like Golden State, like I was just, I was so impressed by the production they got by so many, uh, different guys. Like they went nine deep. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of that is to do with, you know, not having Draymond in the, in the second half, but like Kaminga played some good minutes. He had Looney out there doing his thing. Uh, you know, Otto Porter didn't, didn't play that well, but like an, it's another body that can defend a little bit. And Jordan Poole, obviously, you know, off the bench with a, an insane game, like re- really awesome stat line, 31-8-9, and nine, um, and really hit hit timely shots for them. Um, just, you know, uh, the, the perfect kind of bench guy to have. And if that's going to be his role going forward, that's really dangerous. Like <laughs> to, to not yeah. even have him, you know, as one of your main guys, but uh, a guy who comes off the bench and, you know, closes a lot of games for you. Uh, still, you know, uh, still... He, I, I think there'll there'll be times where he can't be out there because of his defensive limitations. But the the, the mm-hmm. boost that he gives you offensively is is just you know uh, insane. Um, and like I, I don't know. I, I I especially think the Grizzlies should be kicking themselves because I don't know if Gray- Draymond played the second half if this game would have even been like close down the stretch because I think Draymond just you know we've talked about it many times this season with with him missing so much time like the things that he does for golden state you know getting them good shots and def, you know anchoring their defense um i i just think golden state as a whole just looked a little bit more polished um and you sort of knew what to do uh down the stretch of this uh you know close game and i think 
Memphis, it's going to be a really tough learning curve, especially when the series goes back, you know, to San Francisco. Uh, I, I'm, I don't see how they're going to like turn this around and, and sort of flip the script and, and get the better of the Warriors here uh, in, in four out of seven games. Like, uh, I just think, you know, Steph can play better. Like, he had an okay game, but I think he can play way better. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, you know, Wiggins Wiggins played pretty well. I'll give your boy Wiggins. Wiggins. Uh, he had that dunk there at the end, uh, left wide open under yeah, the basket yeah. uh, that he took advantage of. He should have done, like, uh, should have done a 7 He should have, I know, because uh, no he can deal. do it. Um, but, uh, and, and Clay I think, can play a lot better, too. Obviously hit the, the, the game-winning three there at the end, but... Like he shot six for nineteen, uh, only three from t- three for ten from three. Like I-, I think he's he's still ramping up. Boy, has it been slow. But I still I I think you know uh, hitting a shot like that, even just for his own psyche, will give him a lot more confidence going forward. That like he can still be like in the you know second round of a tightly contested t- contested playoff game. Um, like he he can still be that guy who hits the game winning shot. Um, and I think that'll do a lot for for his confidence. Um. But then it's a race because he misses two free throws. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see where his confidence at. Uh, you know, at the end of uh, at the end of the day, going into game two. But I, I I still think he is very slowly getting better and getting his legs back under him, um, and sort of slowly, very slowly, looking more like the guy that that we're used to seeing. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just I just think the Warriors can be better in general. Obviously, Poole's not gonna you know yeah. be as good as he was. Uh, every game, but I, I just, uh, for, I mean, Hey, we, maybe, maybe that's a bad take, man. Well, I mean, he, we, everyone keeps saying that he's only had like one. I know. Well, that, so I, I, I don't know if he keeps doing it, then my God, he, he's, yeah. he's, he's a future star in this fucking league. Uh, which, which again is a possibility, but my God. Yeah. If, if he keeps playing like this, then the, the, the Grizzlies are screwed, uh, plain and simple. Like I, I yeah, just don't see yeah, where, yeah. Uh, you know the Warriors can, you know they they can survive again not having Draymond Green maybe their most important sort of offensive facilitator um, and, and still win. I just think the Warriors can get better, and I don't know if the Grizzlies can get much better themselves. Like that, John Moran had an awesome yeah. game again. Jackson with 33. Obviously Desmond Bain and and Dylan Brooks offensively can play way better, and we've seen them be able to do that. So I think that's their kind of you know ticket to yeah. uh, you know if they, if they just hit some more shots. Um, and and just take more shots in general. Um, and you know, Brandon Clark had a good game too. You had Melton coming off the bench as well. Uh, I I just think uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Warriors kind of championship grit and experience came through here, and that's gonna be uh, the sort of story of this series going forward. I, I just don't see how Memphis yeah. can really uh, you know get the better of them at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see, you know, how Draymond obviously is going to yeah. come back. I'm sure he's going to be fouling someone super hard yeah. just to, you know, just to tell him no, that he doesn't give yeah. a shit, that he got, uh, you know, the ejection. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll uh, he's going to make a huge difference uh, down the stretch of, uh, you know, the rest of the yeah. series. Uh, you know, granted that he's actually going to be in the game. But uh, when one uh, one of the other things that, you know, I, I kind of noticed or maybe, again, maybe I'm looking too much into it. But, you know, I, I, John Morant was really taken aback when he missed yeah. that shot. He really, I think, believed that he had it, and I'm I'm interested to see how he's gonna yeah. respond, because uh, you know he seems like he's always kind of that ki- he's got that killer mentality. So hopefully, um, you know this that disappointment isn't gonna trickle into his next game, and uh, you know he'll still come back with another near thirty point yeah. triple double, because um, he did. He was just sitting there just going fuck, like he couldn't believe that he missed it. Like he, that's one of those moments again. You kind of said with like the comparing to the Brooklyn Nets and uh, Boston Celtics series, where game one like a loss like that almost like breaks yeah. you mentally yeah. a little bit. 
I think he's got to, you got to take a close look at John Moran and make sure because if he comes out kind of flat next game, I'm going to be, I'm going to start hit, uh, give him, I'm going to get the case off the panic yep. button here yep. uh, and get ready because I think that, uh, you know, we, we, we've already talked about it, but this could be like the beginning of the, the end uh, as, uh, you know, this, this war, this two savvy Warriors yep. team. Yep. Uh, they're just, really too, just they're uh, so you know, good. Puts the, puts the, they're just going to put the baby boy uh, Grizzlies uh, <laughs> right over uh, right over their knee and uh, you know get, take take them to town here um, but uh, yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a uh, an insane series uh, regardless uh, and we're gonna you know uh, get back to that one after game three but uh, one of the things that we're gonna also be touching on here uh, Joel Embiid gonna be out for uh, about uh, you know they're saying it was said the first round at one point um but instead it looks like it's probably going to be just the first two yep. games uh which is still a huge huge loss um and i'm really excited to see james harden run solo against this miami yeah. heat team uh but yeah obviously before we get into even how the game's going to go against the miami heat uh yep. with joel and not there james harden oh my god again this is, this is going to be insane to watch the possible <laughs> collapse or resurgence of the beard um, yeah. But uh, you know we'll we'll see what's uh, what's gonna go down. But uh, for anyone who doesn't know how the injury happened, uh, just in, just in for for anyone who doesn't, we actually talked about it on Friday and we were applauding it. And now yeah. now I feel a little bit bad, but I'm kind of confused uh, about how this even how how it happened. Um, so uh, Pascal Siakam at the end of the game, you know, throws the elbow and it hits uh, Joel Embiid in the in the eyebrow. And yep. it does look like he bruises him pretty good, uh, you know, knocks him down. Uh, well, it doesn't even knock him off his feet, really, but he, you know, knocks him away. Um, and, and it's reviewed twice, was never deemed anything uh, flagrant. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think that the league is going to get any further involved. But then it comes out a couple days after that he had a mild concussion and, uh, and, a, and a fractured orbital bone. But, again, I'm not a kinesiologist, not a, not a doctor, nothing about that, that. But an orbital bone's in your cheek. And he got hit in the eyebrow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I'm I'm less of a kinesiologist uh, than you, if that's possible. But uh, also, you can break someone's bone in their either eyebrow or face, like with your elbow, like that. That even that kind of. Uh, oh, like, I know me, it's... Man. You should see some of these guys on the weekend. I'm roughing up. <laughs> I, I just, I'm su- I'm surprised. Like he didn't. Like I know he was kind of sweeping the ball above his head. He was moving, yeah. but like I didn't look like he hit him that hard like no, obviously it no. looked like it fucking hurt like i i'd be down for a while uh if if pascal elbowed me in the face but i yeah i was a little surprised the concussion not so much but by the fact that there's actually like a little bit of a fracture like i was like okay that's uh seems kind of fluky to me but but yeah orbitable or <laughs> orbital yeah that's the cheekbone i don't know matt maybe there's a conspiracy going on someone's trying to get pascal siakam kicked out of the league this is maybe. probably some sort of crazy sixer fan who uh, yep, yep. Want, wants still wants some sort of revenge uh, on us or something but yeah definitely definitely a fluke play definitely weird but like man raptors and basketball twitter is is kind of a crazy place like no, to be gross. sometimes all it's these people gross. all these people uh, saying it was like a dirty play or something like Joel Embiid stepped on Scotty Barnes' freaking ankle. Uh, could have really, really hurt him uh, at some point. But, n- you know, none of us, no one, not, not to turn it into an us versus them, because I think it's just the the crazy people on, on both sides or yeah. on any oh, yeah. side who kind of make their noise on Twitter. But, like, I, I don't think there was many people saying that what Joel Embiid did was a dirty play. He caught a couple people in the face in that game one, too. Like, there's a lot of shit that goes on in, in playoff games. But especially, though, what doesn't make sense for me is someone or slash people saying that 
Siakam did it on purpose or it was dirty to, to get Joel Embiid in the face mm-hmm. when they're they're both guys who have you know know each other really well both from Cameroon like I, I don't I don't see how people can make the connection that it was like a you know dirty play because Siakam doesn't like Embiid like that that, that doesn't doesn't fly at all so yeah it, it was unfortunate we'll, we'll see when he can get back hopefully sooner than later but the, to the people saying it was some sort of dirty play, I, I don't see how you can make that stretch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then to, to expand this into, you know, the series, I mean, we already both had the Miami Heat uh, yeah. taking uh, the, the series win against uh, the Sixers, and now uh, with home court advantage, uh, they're going to be playing both those games without Embiid. Uh, and, and again, who knows? Like, it's not a guarantee that Embiid will be back for Game 3. I believe it's kind of a Game 3 or 4, which generally that kind of ends up leaning towards 4 uh, yeah. when that when that happens. So uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned for the Sixers here because based on what we've seen from them since the James Harden trade and especially in the Raptors' uh, first round, because, again, Raptors and Heat, very similarly constructed yep. teams. Uh, there won't be any Kyle Lowry in Game 1, so James Harden doesn't have to worry about that at least. Um, but from yep. all reports that I've seen, you know, Bam, hundred uh, percent, and uh, so is uh, Jimmy Butler. They'll be they'll be ready to go. Good luck, Harden. Good luck, man. Uh, yep. All the power to you. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how how you're gonna do there. Um, I mean, they've got literally zero center depth. Like you're gonna have to probably go and see if old man DeAndre Jordan can give you some minutes, and I guarantee that's not gonna go well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mean, you can just get Udonis Haslam out there, and they can have like a, a, a yeah. washed up boxing match or something. I don't care. Um, but yeah, it's a. I think this is pretty much the Sixers fans and uh, the organization's biggest nightmare um, is yep. having James Harden have to play in Miami uh, in a playoff series. So um, I'm, I'm not uh, – I, I have pretty much zero, uh, you know, hope for the 76ers here. Uh, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, Tyrese Maxey showed he can kind of step up on yep. times, especially offensively. But I just don't think this Miami Heat team, if there was any way that the Sixers were going to be able to beat them, uh, was going to be Embiid beasting down low uh, and you know winning yep. that battle against Bam. I don't see them being able to beat them on the perimeter. Yeah, no. I mean, like maybe maybe this will make James Harden happy because he can go back to Houston, James Harden, yeah. and just you know have a bunch of uh, guys standing around as as he dribbles the ball, and then you know he'll he'll pass them with point five on the shot clock. Uh, yeah, like. Maybe that that'll work a little bit. We that that has been shown to be an effective offense uh, before, but James Harden's not that same guy, and I, that's not really how the Sixers are constructed. Like, I think if they have any chance to win these first two games uh, or more without Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris has got to be uh, like awesome as well. Like, even if James Harden has a good offensive game, uh, I, I think Tobias Harris has got to really step up for them if if they've got any shot. And same thing with Maxi. He's got to do a little bit of everything like he did with, with you know versus the Raptors, like get to the rim a little bit, uh, hit his threes. But like ev- all of these kind of propositions, things that the Sixers need to do are just going to be really, really tough on the road yeah, without their defensive anchor uh, against Miami, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like I, I just there, there's way their their margin of error is way way too small, and I just don't see how they can get honestly either game uh in miami uh like especially if if lowry gets back at some point um as long as jimmy butler you know can put the ball in the basket on 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 the heat's end of things like at least a little bit like i I just don't see the roadmap map for the sixers um yeah like there's there's 
maybe some interesting things that they can try and do, like hunt Tyler Hero when he's on the floor or Duncan Robinson. Like there, there's some sort of weak points of that mm-hmm. uh, Miami defense. Um, and uh, the, the same goes for Miami on the other side of the floor. Like they can go through offensive struggles a little bit sometimes. So maybe the Sixers can just flat out try and outscore them. Um, but like I said, I, I think it's going to have to be a monster Tobias Harris and Maxi game because like – Without Embiid, the, the 76ers are really thin. They've got mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. one really off their bench that you can really count on. Um, and and like you said off the top, it's going to have to come from James Harden-created offense, like pick and rolls at the top, um, you know, his kind of step-back threes. And all this is doing is putting sort of more miles on James Harden. He, yeah, you know, he, yeah. Uh, from a lot of the reporting, he one of the reasons, uh, you know, even from when he got out of Houston, was that he didn't want to have that responsibility of being that main guy who does everything all the time, and yeah. now he's right back, right back in that position, and he seems less capable of doing that than ever. So he's one I bad game he, away from busting out the fat suit. Yeah, I know, I know. He, he's gonna be. Uh, oh God, what, what's his next next destination? I don't know if there's a even a, a next place he can go. The Lakers, maybe he wants to play with hey, LeBron. I think uh, I think we'll that, I, I think that would go swimmingly. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think way too many things need to go right uh, for the Sixers, and, and the, the Heat are prepared for this. Like, they, they've been, you know, sitting back. They wrapped up their series with Atlanta pretty early. Uh, they, they'll, they, they've had time to kind of get their legs under them, get some rest. Yeah. And I think they, they've just got too, too many answers for, for what the Sixers can throw at them. Again, when we talked about this series, with them beat in there, I think that changes a lot. For sure. I think that... I think that that's a really, really close series. But, you know, without Embiid, not even for his offense, but just the way he can defend. Like, Philadelphia now, who are they scared of going at, uh, you know, or sorry, Miami going to the yeah. rim. Who are they scared of on Philadelphia? Like, they've got no one to defend at all. Like, uh, Thibel and, and Danny Green cannot hold down the fort uh, against uh, the, the, the Heat. So, yeah, I, I think Embiid, you know, it goes without saying. He was, you know, uh, uh, many people's MVPs this year. A lot of people... Uh, you know, including myself, put him second in MVP, one of the most important players on the team mm-hmm. um, or on a team. And, and I just don't think I don't think they can survive without him, uh, plain and simple. Yeah. So uh, I, I, th- I think they'll go down 0-2 uh, and possibly 0-3 if, if Embiid doesn't get back for game three. And uh, th- this might be over quickly uh, unless Embiid can can rush back and, and look like himself right away. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, it's it's going to be a hell of a series, regardless. But uh, I I would yeah. say I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, there's going to be a over. There's going to be at least two big scuffles. Uh, yeah. In oh, game, there'll be scuffles. And just yeah. game one alone, I'm calling. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. going to be a lot of scuffles. I think with a, and then when a bead comes back, there's going to be like a like a full like a jack like two ejections or double tax are going to be thrown out. It's going to be uh, Haslam's Haslam's going to hit somebody. He's going to come and, and he's going to do <laughs> I'm something. I'm telling you, him and him and DeAndre Jordan at halftime. They should do a, a, a like one of those celebrity boxing matches. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's uh, that would be good. Lamar Odom, have you ever seen him do celebrity boxing? No, we no. should do a live reaction on our YouTube at Big Dog Ball Talk. Um, we should do a live. Lamar Odom's been knocking out like five, ten white dudes for like, uh, oh, I think shit. like three and zero or something. It's pretty funny. 
Uh, right. I, I definitely enjoy watching it. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, check out Lamar, ja- uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Odom. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson would be a probably good boxer, too. Um, oh, Lamar, yeah. yeah, Lamar Odom. Great great, am- great amateur boxer. Um, Who was uh, on crack? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the the next topic we're going to get into here in the podcast. Uh, again, a bit of a shorter podcast here, uh, you know, with the playoffs uh, wrapping up a little bit here. A little well, bit less. Two games uh, per news, day? But... It's, it's, it's sad, man. Yeah, we're already yeah. there. Well, it's exciting and sad at the same time. Uh, but the, uh, the the purple team from uh, California, I think the season The Lakers? Still, yeah. The, 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 the playoffs are going, so I think it's technically still the season, so I'm not going to say their name as much as I want to. Uh, but, you know, if, I'm not going to bleep it out if we do. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, before, uh, you know, they, they're getting into their uh, their coaching search. They finally narrowed the, the search down to uh, three possible candidates. Uh, Mr. Mark Jackson, uh, Steve Clifford, who is currently a uh, consultant for the Nets, and Mike Brown. Brown, who is a, a current assistant on the Golden State Warriors, uh, I would think out of these three, Mark Jackson's got to be the betting favorite. Um, I've been wanting to see him back as a coach since you know he left the Warriors, since he pretty much yep. set them up in a perfect situation, and then they handed the, the keys to a Lamborghini to a, 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 a Steve <laughs> yeah. Kerr with a learner's permit. Um, yep. And obviously that worked out. Steve Kerr has turned out to be a, a, a fantastic coach, um, yep. and uh, you know all, all, all the glory to him. But uh, you know Mark Mark Jackson really did you know do a lot for that team and he's kind of set that blueprint for you know the three and d type of uh basketball that is pretty much revolutionized how we play uh in the in the modern day so yeah I, I think it's interesting to think you know how he could uh, you know try and turn around some kind of a dumpster fire organization like the the sacramento kings uh yeah. because you know they they need the help and i think again as we said before it's probably going to be more up to the front office but uh you know these are all good candidates. I mean, Steve Clifford, we've seen him uh, behind yep. the bench a couple times. Uh, definitely more of a, a, an old-school defensive mind. Um, so, I mean, uh, uh, as far as these candidates go, Jordan, does, do you think any of these guys can finally turn it around there uh, in, in uh, the uh, the Purple City uh, of California? The city, yeah, the, uh, the Royal City. Uh, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I, I think Mark Jackson's got to be the the betting favorite. Like he's he's a guy who's who's had a few jobs and 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 definitely has seen success. And I think uh, that helps him. That the last team he coached was like early Warriors, who yeah. were already kind of on the come up. Um, he, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> Mark Jackson's history of you know being very kind of religious when he coaches, like like literally, like they they used to I think they used to pray in the Golden State locker room. Um, and the fact that he uh, there's there's been some sort of Stories reported that he's been kind of blackballed out of coaching after he made uh, possibly homophobic comments a little bit, a little ways back. Um, and so there's there's that whole issue, and we'll see how that flies with, with sort of fans in, in California. Um, but, like, I think uh, out of those those three finalists that you mentioned, I think Mark Jackson's, in general, got, got the more sort of experience and the better coaching resume when you look at sort of coaching winning basketball obviously yeah. uh mike brown has been a long time uh you know assistant and head coach now he coached lebron in cleveland coached uh, the lakers for a little bit but i i just don't think he has that sort of solid team that you can point to that's like this was mike brown's doing this team uh was uh you know good because of mike brown yeah, yeah like yeah. he he's he's gonna have you know a lot of success to sort of lean on now being being an assistant with the warriors mm-hmm. uh because obviously they've been one of the more successful teams in basketball over the past decade so the and and you know not to mention steve clifford who i think got more out of that 
those recent, more recent Orlando Magic teams than yeah. than a lot of other coaches would. So these are three, uh, I think, generally speaking, good coaches, and uh, I I just feel bad for them having to go to Sacramento. Um, oh yeah. You know, wh- yeah, whoever it is, because uh, that's that's not an easy job. Probably one of the least desirable head coaching jobs in the entire league, especially because God knows how long uh, you know. Sacramento's going to be in Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, they they may end up moving somewhere else, uh, depending how th- these next few seasons go. Um, but like whoever it is, they they've got a very interesting, uh, a lot of interesting things to work with. At least like you don't have Tyrese Halliburton, which would have been uh, I think would have made this job a lot more enticing if you still had a young guy like that. For sure. Um, you've you've got uh, De'Aaron Fox still and the front office, you know, is going to have to figure out what to do with him. The the Fox Sabonis combo can I think with the right coach and the right players around them be a, a you know, a decently Decent effective yeah. offensive team. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I think M- Mark Jackson uh if it is him, he's shown he can do kind of, you know, pretty innovative things offensively, and he he understands the game, and even as a commentator, like, knows, you know, where the game is going and what is successful and what the most successful teams in the league need to do. Um, so, you know, uh, again, it, it's looking more and more likely that, that it's going to be him, and, and I, I am excited to see what he does. Like, new, new coaches can even just you know, bring new life, especially if, if the young guys like De'Aaron Fox, like that, that coach, like that, yep. that on its own can be a good boost. So we'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I don't love the Sacramento roster, but you know, someone's, someone's eventually going to turn the, the, the purple team around, uh, and, and maybe it'll be one of these guys. Um, but th- there's still a lot of work to do, I think personnel wise, uh, for this team that'll involve more of the front office. Um, but you know, it it could be worse. De'Aaron Fox and, and like, like I just said, De'Aaron Fox and um, Sabonis. I, I think that's a combo that can maybe do some exciting things. So we'll we'll see we'll see whoever gets the job what they do with those two guys. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I this has been brewing under the surface for a while. Maybe not really under the surface. Um, but I'd like to formally and officially say fuck the Kings. Um, <laughs> so uh, recently. Uh, I, I finally, it's finally happened, Jordan, because, uh, you know, I always made jokes, you know, like, I always referred and said, you know, oh, sorry to you Kings fans. I always just say that as a formality. I know that you guys, I, I honestly didn't think you existed. Uh, <laughs> but lo and behold, on, on Twitter, uh, you know, I, I, I replied to a tweet. It was talking about, you know, uh, who do you think would win uh, a most improved player next season? And one of the players they listed with a lot of great young talent was uh, De'Aaron Fox. And I go, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just gonna try and get some clout here, see what I can uh, muster up here on the on the old Twitter account, and I, anyway, I, I I let everybody know, uh, you know, Darren Darren Fox, good player, but he's a B plus guy, and I stand by that, and I think it's a fair observation. Yeah. And being a B plus yeah. guy, you can still be an all star as a B plus guy, um, yeah. But I mean, you're not gonna be winning Finals MVP, you're not gonna be leading a team to the top seed in the e- or in the West, sorry. Um, and I think that's. A completely fair and right observation on De'Aaron Fox. Because, yep. uh, yep. again, we've seen how limited he is uh, in his game. I mean, if he wasn't, uh, you know, like just one of the fastest players in the league, he'd probably be a, be- uh, a bench player. Because uh, yeah. he can't yeah. shoot the ball with the r- Especially his, this season. He had yeah. a rough, rough, rough season. Well, no. So he- here's the craziest part. So then I get these guys coming, oh, well, he averaged 30 and 10. 
at the uh, the last 20 games of the year. <laughs> I love and it. I, I love it. And I go, oh, when they were eliminated from the playoffs, and they had no, <laughs> and, and and they had no other perimeter threat, so he had the ball in his hands 90% of the time in games that yep. didn't matter, so he could take yep. every shot that he could possibly want. He doesn't play any defense. Uh, no, and it's, then these it's people, true. All these Kings fans were just going after me. I I, I didn't back down. I'm like these guys. I was like, you're just fueling the fire. I'm like, look at the case you're saying right here, right now. You're saying that they played shitty basketball when it didn't matter, and then he was good. But when they yeah. actually needed him, what are we talking about? I don't want to talk about a 20 game span that has literally no fucking matter or any impact on the season. Let's talk about winning basketball before we you know, want to start talking about potential stars here, Sacramento. Uh, so, uh, you know, <laughs> if De'Aaron Fox wants to prove me wrong, that would be lovely. I'd love to see it. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. Your front office is, uh, as you guys know, doo-doo. So uh, we're, we're going to see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't come. don't come. If you're going to come at the king, you better not miss, you know, throwing these fucking garbage <laughs> time stats at me. Next thing you're going to tell me is Russell Westbrook's the best statistical player of all time because he, he has is, all these Matt, fucking triple doubles. Um, yeah, get get out of here with that. Um, and and to wrap up the podcast now, uh, Zion Williamson. Hey, remember that guy? Number one overall pick. No, who is back. Um, you know he 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 must have been inspired by sitting on the bench and watching his New Orleans Pelicans. You know, give the best team in basketball and the Phoenix Suns a run for their money here because yep. apparently he's just jumping. He's he wants to get a, a, a max extension signed right away. All right. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. This guy's played 60 games in his, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he had drafted three years ago, I believe. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make any no. sense. I, I'm unless he, you know, if he wants to get signed, then he can be traded for more. Like, I, like the the only asset for the Pelicans is that if you sign him to a bigger deal, then you can trade him for someone of a comparable contract just to make the numbers work. But then yeah. again, I guess if you have the cap space to make an extension like that, then obviously you could just absorb the guy's contract anyways. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Or, I guess on the inverse of this, does this mean that Zion is buying back in and he wants to play for the Pelicans? Like, Because I've heard some rumblings here too that the Pelicans don't want him to play, and they've been arguing on who's healthy. And now yeah. I'm kind of starting to kind of go shift my lizard brain a little bit around here <laughs> is zion trying to play and it's the pelicans that are holding him back i'm i'm really i don't know what to believe anymore this is a very confusing uh you know saga coming out of uh new orleans oh yeah well, any any info out of new orleans since freaking zion was drafted has been uh like it's just been ridiculous like with the the, the stuff griff says in in, in uh press conferences just all of this has been been crazy, and this this doesn't provide any more clarity with him saying, you know, I jump at the opportunity to to, to sign an extension. Like, I, wh- like on both sides, like I, d- I don't know what what the hell anyone's doing. Like, Zion's just been so it's it's been so. Do you even know what why exactly he's out right now? Like, I can't remember. What exactly? Like I don't fucking know. Like I know he had the Jones fracture or whatnot, but like I think why it's is changed he dunking, a couple times. Why is he dunking in practice? Uh, but like not not so sort of sort of saying anything about like you know if uh, his his status about playing in the playoffs I don't know uh, and and yeah it, it's been kind of confusing from the Pelicans perspective what what they want to do with him because he's been there's you know there's been talks about you know should they trade him should they sort of trade him now while his stock is is sort of low but but not too too low like like there, there's still teams that can talk themselves into him being the cornerstone cornerstone of their franchise you know when he gets healthy mm-hmm. um i i don't know what anyone's plan is uh but i i do think though it 
part of this could be the fact that Zion actually looked around and, and, and saw Ingram balling out and uh, two young rookies, or three young rookies actually, yeah. uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, ball out as well and, and think, okay, maybe maybe I could sort of stick around with, with the Pelicans for a few years here at least and, and, and try and win some games. Maybe if you went I think to we both... practices, you would know. Well, exactly. Yeah, he had no idea. He's like, "Oh, who's this guy?" I like um, that guy that but, goes up behind you and steals the ball. That yeah, guy's kind of neat. He's, he's, he's really he's cool. He's on my team. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I don't know. I the, the it's it's kind of like the Kawhi situation all over again. No one's talking. Uh, there, the you don't really know what what either side. Uh, and this was Ka- Kawhi uh, before we left the Spurs. Uh, like, you don't really know which side. Like you said, which side wants him to play and which yeah. side is holding out, saying he's not quite ready. Um, and and you know that the, it just I just know the the more these situations drag out the the more likely it is that they're going to end end badly. So I, I I really don't know what to expect. We'll have to see what what goes on over the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I, I I do give it you know Zion and and the team in general credit for uh, you know the. From the team, at least, doing what they were supposed to do and playing well in the playoffs against the best team in basketball, and Zion, you know, seeing it and and possibly saying, okay, I I I maybe wanted out. I wasn't sure which way this direction was going. Is David Griffin going to get get fired? I I don't know. Um, you know, who's who's going to be my coach? You know, is Willie Green going to work out? A lot of those questions, at least to the Pelicans' credit, have been answered oh, with yeah, how well they played sure. in the in, in back half of the season, getting CJ McCollum and and playing well in the playoffs. So. Maybe this is sort of signaling the end of this saga. He can just, you know, sign for whatever amount it is, uh, you know, on his extension and and sort of finally get on the floor. But at the end of the day, like when we first talked about this, uh, this sort of Zion situation, I think whenever we first mentioned it in our podcast back before the season even started, yep. I just want Zion to play fucking basketball. Exactly, I don't give a yeah. shit what else yeah. happens. I don't care if it's in New York. I don't care if it's in Portland. I don't care where the hell he does it. Uh, if, if he stays with the Pelicans, I don't really care. I just want to see him on the floor because this uh, he was one of the most anticipated uh, draft picks uh, you know, since freaking like Blake Griffin and even back to LeBron, yeah. especially when you look at him, you know, the, the physical specimen that he is. So uh, I I just want to see him play basketball. That's all I give a shit about. He he better play back, get back, and be healthy next season, or I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, I think I think that's a yeah. It's it's gonna be insane to to see. I, I yeah. I, I just want to see more of him because at this point I'm yeah, kind of like forgetting. Yeah. Like, is he is yeah, he good? Who is he? Is he good? Does yeah. he play defense? I can he can he hit threes like he did before? Even the stats like when I go back and look at his stat lines, uh, he was like 37 and 12, and I'm like, is that it, real? Did he, he actually some awesome do that games. in NBA games? Yeah, like, like, he had some insane. stinkers, but I mean, yeah. yeah, he had some awesome ones. So I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we get to see Zion uh, for most of next season. Uh, again, if, if even even if they want to rest him and be cautious, I'm cool with that. Just at least have him out there. Uh, yeah. And you know, then hopefully we'll see. Maybe the Pelicans will uh, they'll they'll have a strong season next year as uh, all their uh, all their guys uh, continue to improve, uh, or at least that would be the the, the hopes and the plans. But uh, yeah. one way that you guys can improve and improve your life following us at Big Dog Ball Talk. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, That's Instagram, right. whatever the fuck you want, man. At Big Dog Ball Talk, give us a follow. YouTube. Uh, this episode won't be on YouTube because Jordan, I'm just remembering, uh, we didn't re-hit 
record. Uh, we, had oh, a bit of a, we had a bit of a technical difficulty. We, can, you can, we have the first half. You can have the first half on YouTube yeah. if you want. <laughs> yeah, a uh, bit of a technical difficulty there. Uh, still some growing pains here on our end, so apologies for that. But uh, again, in the next uh, month or so, we're going to be undergoing some... Uh, some uh, so we're going to get kind of a makeover here at Big Dog Ball Talk. Going to uh, be switching up some things, uh, and uh, everything's going to be coming yeah, Matt's out. I'm got, it's, yeah, it's yeah, Matt's yeah. out. It's going to be me and some sheep. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk basketball. Yeah, uh, Sean the Sheep is coming on live. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're, we're going to be cleaning it up here and, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will enjoy the changes that we're going to be uh, trying to implement uh, coming into the offseason. But uh, again, follow us at Big Dog Ball Talk. Uh, the, the month of April was by far and away the, the best month that we've ever had. Uh, so again, we can't thank you guys enough for that. Keep uh, recommending us to everyone that you know that uh, loves the game as much as we do. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep bringing you uh, all the heat every Monday and Friday. Uh, and for Big Dog Ball Talk, I'm Matt Eichhorn with Jordan Flegel. And as my good friend Jordan always says. It just started raining here, Matt. Uh, and mm. April showers bring May flowers. That's, that's freaking hope, man. Uh, what, do, what do May showers bring? Uh, June June happiness? Boom. I don't know, man. June, June, June boon? No, you said? I said June poon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what that brings yeah, out, man. That's the brings out the best of them. Uh, so go out there, uh, enjoy some of the, the, the rainy weather, and, uh, you know, go for uh, it. Hopefully, June will be bountiful for all of you. Can't wait for that June poon. <laughs> <laughs>